Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Having a discussion about what's happening in these markets today. Lots of red on the screen, especially from a grain perspective. It was a mixed type of bag, mostly to the green, though, for the livestock market. Some Christmas colors we don't maybe want to deal with with the red that we're seeing today, but some advantages may be happening a little bit for our cattle because of it. Lots of things. You know, this is the last trading week, the last full trading week of 2022. As we know, markets are closed on Monday. We've got some big reports coming out tomorrow and the weather it's all kind of set the stage for what we've seen in this thursday market trade we get the update from kyle bumstead today he's with allendale and definitely kyle there is that holiday feel going on in these markets today well that's right susan first of all thanks for having me back and merry christmas to everyone listening but uh, yeah it's definitely holiday mode here we've seen ups and downs in volume in all of our markets here uh this week in particular last week we finished out the week with uh, just a freckle over a hundred thousand corn contracts traded and now uh yesterday the volume in the corn complex was uh, eclipsing over two hundred thousand so uh just it's just holiday trade one day they're here and the next they're gone but uh yeah definitely uh, definitely seeing some volume swings out there as we kind of wind down as you said the very last week of trading this uh this for the year so having said that this is the last full week are we seeing kind of a a typical what you what many would call a typical type of trade for the last full week as we start to get our ducks in a row for a shortened holiday week I would say so, yes. Um, after we get through uh, probably about 10 o'clock tomorrow, the volume's really uh, going to drop off if it's like anything uh, as we've seen in the in uh, history. Uh, history tells us that, you know, the day before a three-day weekend or a holiday, we do see volume start to substantially set back, and uh, we could start to see that even as early as tonight here on the night session. So, yes, I do think that there is a lot of end-of-the-year positioning going on here in all these complexes here. You've got some non-commercial squaring up their books. You've also found a little bit of commercial demand here uh, recently in the corn and soybeans and now today they were non-existent, so it was more non-commercial movement. Kind of the same thing over in the livestock side of things, too. Uh, non-commercial movement here today in both the feeders and the fats. So let's take a look at the livestock side because it's kind of the elephant in the room um, this week. Over the last couple of days, I've heard from a lot of producers saying they were surprised the market hadn't reacted yet uh, to this weather system moving through. We know it's now moving into uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, and eastward, but we still got the cold, bitter temperatures here. What are your thoughts on how yes, the markets have, reacted? Well, and I think yesterday they maybe priced some of that in here. Uh, yesterday went the new contract highs here in that uh, February live cattle contract. That high up there was 157.97, which looked really good. And I think that there's a potential that we could get back up there towards that, uh, you know, 158 area, maybe uh, to close out the week. It, it might be a stretch, but uh, I'm a little bit concerned here as I'm uh, pulled up the weekly charts here and the daily charts. We are somewhat getting into an overbought status. Doesn't mean that we can, we, you know, doesn't mean that's going to correct right away but some of the chart indicators are getting up into overbought levels. And I would have liked to seen the spreads do a little bit better today, uh, carrying that load as far as seeing some commercial buying here uh, underneath the complex. Now, uh, today, I'm going to you know attribute to you know, today to a little bit of commercial selling, but also there was uh, you know lack of cash news out there uh, for the fats. And it's also a tough time of year for cash feeders as there's very few sales out there. And what sales are out there can really have an effect on how that cash feeder cattle index really swings from day to day. So as you look at the way this, this cattle market's been trading this week, did you see um, some prep on, on getting ready for a cattle on feed report tomorrow that we might see? some changes in some numbers because you and I have been talking for what has it been two three months about heifer retention hasn't been like it usually is 
Correct, correct. Now, uh, there's, uh, there's, uh, we've got the cattle on feed report tomorrow, which I do think that there is some positioning going on there. A lot of trade and a lot of speculators are very bullish on this cattle complex, uh, looking for the placement number two, uh, you know, come in maybe, you know, at around that 95.7% or less. That's what the average estimate is in 95.7% on placements. A lot of people think it's going to come in less. But if we take a look back during the month of November, uh, these cattle that were placed in the month of November are going to be coming out that April, June timeframe. Now that April, June live cattle spread is the one I, I have to watch here for that, uh, that particular purpose as, you know, the cattle that are placed there are going to be marked in that time frame. What are the commercials thinking? Well, that spread actually lost ground, uh, the month of, uh, the month of November. So we could see placements come in just a little bit higher than what trade is anticipating just based off what we saw, how the, how the commercials reacted out there in those far deferred spreads. For you, um, do we expect any surprises? I mean, obviously that report's not going to come out until tomorrow afternoon. So, is it going to be some prep selling uh, within these cattle markets ahead of those numbers? There is that possibility, Susan. I've been talking with producers. We're at some, uh, you know, we're making new contract highs. Doesn't mean you have to get yourself into a marginable position, but these calves and these cattle that are getting placed right now, it's very tough to pencil a profit. I was talking with a friend of mine who's also a banker and feeds some cattle as well too, and. And, uh, you know, we've been running some numbers and, and everything looks great. And we're thinking, well, you know, maybe you're figuring cost to gain a little bit high, but then you also have to add in some other things that don't generally get thought about right off the top. Interest and trucking and death mm-hmm. loss. Now a lot of people figure the death loss in there too. But at these levels, it may be very advantageous while we've been in the seasonal buy time, which we have that seasonal buy that or that seasonal friendliness in the April contract that goes here uh, through about the first week of uh, January maybe advantageous to you know look at some cheap out of the money puts just for a fail safe or to protect the break even if these cattle break even but i haven't seen a lot of cattle that break even uh, at these levels versus those deferred futures unless you have a 15 to 20 maybe 25 dollar basis on some of these cattle to break even and we have a hogs and pigs report as well coming out tomorrow that is correct. That is correct. We do. And I uh, really think that there was some uh, positioning there as far as the hogs and pigs report. That's a thin market, especially around the holidays. Hogs, and, uh, the hogs, hogs can get very thin at times. Uh, but uh, looking at the chart here, the, the weekly chart, we're showing some big gains here for the week. We're up $3.27 just for the week. And uh, I'm a little bit concerned that some that uh, spec shorted it here yesterday may, uh, may be underwater. We, we could see uh, 90 to 90 and a half on this uh, February contract just on some technical buying. We still have some outside to go in those charts so I, I would be looking for that $90 mark and then uh, you know then I think they're going to maybe pump the brakes here and look all right well stick around folks we've got a lot more coming up get ready we've got the second half coming up it's a Fontenelle final bell right here on the rural radio network hey Tom I see a Fontenelle sign there on your north 80 that corn looks pretty good well yeah my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle so I decided to give it a try they've been around for quite a while well sure have in the last three seasons Fontenelle's 15 top yielding corn products had over a nine bushel advantage over pioneers commercially available leading volume corn products wow that's impressive I'm thinking I might add some Fontenelle to my farm well just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information read and follow pesticide label directions grain marketing and other stewardship practices welcome back to the Fontenelle final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with kyle bumstead with allendale a lot of outside market influences have really been creeping in this week as well let's talk a little bit about some tech selling first off that you might be seeing within this trade well that's right susan um 
we saw a lot of technical buying here early in the week. Uh, we saw it yesterday, uh, especially in the case of corn. We started a new CFTC uh, reporting week for the uh, the non-commercials and the commercials. So whatever business was done uh, yesterday won't be known until a week from Friday. And then with the holiday in there, it might not be known for a, a little while after that yet. So we could we could be you know 10 to 12 days away from knowing what the uh, actual traders did as far as non-commercials and even some commercial trading done uh, yesterday. But what I do know is we did get up here against some resistance points here. We cleared the 660 mark in March corn. That looks good. However, uh, the next area for us to take out and close above was that 665 area. And we just couldn't quite get that done here today. Uh, as we, uh, you know, we saw an early round of buying here this morning and then all of a sudden it was gone and our commercial uh, bid was kind of pulled from the market. Uh, so it looked like to me there was just some kind of, well, we've got to back up and find a place to attract buyers again as far as corn goes. Now, fundamentally, corn still remains bullish with that March to May spread closing at a half cent inverse, which it did last night. And I think it's going to close about a half cent inverse here tonight. Yeah, maybe a quarter cent inverse, but that half cent inverse is the strongest it's closed here, uh, which uh, the strongest the, the, the strongest close we've had is a penny and quarter, a penny and a quarter over uh, the first of December. And also the uh, May, July uh, closed at about six and a quarter to six and three quarter area uh, as far as an inverse out there too. So it still says they want corn up front. Now, basis has been kind of all over the board. It hasn't gotten any better, but it hasn't gotten any worse either. Uh, so it does just kind of reflect there hasn't been some holiday, uh, you know, the holidays are here and not a lot of people are moving grain right now. And a lot of the commercials had some of their uh, corn or had a lot of their, their needs booked up here as far as corn and soybeans go because they were kind of worried about the rail strike, which has somewhat been, you know, kind of put in rear view. Nobody's really said anything about that lately. And that's okay because there's a lot of pressure that's been happening because of that rail strike. So it's kind of nice to see that uh, quiet down just a little bit. That's right. That's right. It was. And one less one less thing that we have to, uh, that, that's in our headlines that uh, could drive this thing. You know, the headlines headlines can do, uh, can do a lot of damage or a lot of good here on very light volume here during these holiday sessions and looking at these stock markets are we in a holiday trade mode or what is their mode of thinking at this point as you laugh <laughs> it looks it looks it looks like we're in holiday mode but uh yeah so far today i know we're not officially closed yet as, as we're doing this but uh, the s p has gone down and held some areas that it needed to hold here on this uh 3785 3780 area so far it's held there and it's starting to come back just a little bit. It does have a nice, uh, big, ugly outside bar lower on that chart today. Uh, so it would not surprise me to see a, a little bit more follow through. But I think uh, I think we could see some recovery here. We are recovering nicely off our lows as we're doing this. But uh, I'm still kind of concerned about this, uh, you know, general stock market. And I think it could affect, uh, you know, as far as our box beef market, too. We're going to have to keep raising interest rates, even though the Fed says they might slow it down. They might. They might not. But. They could come out here again and say, well, we're going to raise interest rates because we just have to. So that's always kind of on the rocks as far as the equity markets and the stock market. You and I were talking during the, the commercial break, and, and obviously we talked about the front half from a livestock perspective, but it is definitely some cold weather. And there's a lot of chatter that this might have some issues on winter kill uh, for wheat. Obviously, winter kill uh, issues for <laughs> alfalfa as well. So well but overall, yep. is it just a bounce that was needed for this wheat, or is there some kind of meat to this pudding? Well... If you if you turn on the TV and you turn on the radio and you're listening to the to the radio and March futures in Kansas City wheat are the highest out there, that 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 crop's already been harvested. It's in the bin. It should be affecting more of the July contract. But since most of your liquidity is in the front, that's what they're going to blame it on. But it hasn't really affected new crop Kansas City wheat 
near as much. But what I will say, though, looking over to Chicago, we we have taken some of that carry, actually quite a bit of the carry out of the market. That uh, March to May Chicago wheat spread has actually narrowed up that carry quite a bit. Uh, as wide as we were, we were like 12 and three quarter cent carry on uh, December 2nd. And we've uh, trimmed quite a bit of that out there. Yesterday's high on that spread was about six cents. So we've trimmed about six cents carry out of that complex as far as the March to May. So there has been somewhat, maybe a little bit of export demand showing up here through those spreads. Now, Kansas City wheat is still inverted. The March is trading over the July, and the July is trading about par with September. So there's still somewhat of a commercial bid underneath this uh, Kansas City wheat market as well, but it is the wheat market, and a lot of times, Kansas City wheat does not garner much attention from the commercials until we start to uh, warm up in the southern plains, kind of see what we've got for moisture in the southern plains. Again, again, it's called winter wheat for a reason. So I don't think that, uh, I think part of the reason that uh, it's called winter wheat is because it takes the winter off as far as the market goes. And uh, once we get through those winter months, we start getting into uh, mid-January or even early January, we could start to see some of those extended forecasts in the southern plains. And if there's no moisture out there, then it's going to start to become a concern. And I would think that uh, with the inversion and uh, the, the spreads where they are, we could garner some uh, non-commercial attention back into this complex. As All right, lots that we looked at. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Kyle? You can call me here at 308-708-7340. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Wishing you, Kyle, you and your family a very Merry Christmas. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.